This is the beauty of it. So the uniqueness, but the inclusiveness of Jesus says this. That the Muslim or the Hindu or the whatever religion you want to put in it, me as a Christian, not in a colonial way, but just in a belief way, an orthodox way, would say that the orthopraxy of a peaceful, loving, good, nonviolent liberation person, whatever mm-hmm. religion they say, I would, I would attribute that as a Christ follower. Hmm. I like okay. That. So, so even if they don't believe in the, the literal historical Christ, you would attribute those, those qualities of someone who believes in that, those qualities sincerely to a Christ follower? Yes. Because I believe that Jesus Christ, the Lord is the incarnation of God himself or their self or herself. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, because I believe in Tom, we're not going to go into it, so don't get excited. Panantheism. <laughs> fuck you! You're fucking fucking Panantheism. I actually don't know this one, and I know a lot so, of these terms. No, I'm so like all about it. I just wanted to swear a little bit. We're good. You're good. Yeah. You're a cool, cool guy. I, I like saved it. us from the volume spike. Thank you. Thank you. Pantheism <laughs> is everything ritual. is God. Pantheism is everything is God. Everything is literally God all the time. There Pan-antheism. is no God other than the everything, everything everywhere all everything. at once. Which is true. Panantheism is God is in everything. Okay. Which is a uh, significant difference. There is a very yeah. significant difference. It's pretty dope so, either way. This is what so they that thought way, us in Southeast. I mean, like, I've <laughs> God is in everything. So yeah. actually, the early Judaistic faith would have been a little bit more panantheistic, okay. at least in my interpretation. Tom may have a different interpretation. But um, that El, Elohim, El Shaddai, yeah. all of those things were one God in many different aspects. Hmm. Um, but there was one monotheistic God. That would still be where I would sit. And Jesus, as the human incarnation of all of that, <laughs> is how the human existence is supposed to be. The oh, imago okay. dei, as yeah. you say. There is a joke there. So, a Muslim, a Hindu, a, um, as we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, a Satanist. They walk into a bar, based. and <laughs> they would all walk the into Satanists a bar. Satanists are so based, and they're cool as hell, dude. But they're all drinking from the same bourbon called Jesus. Yes, um, Lord. Okay. Yes, okay. Lord. Yes, so yes, Lord. Me, Amen. The orthodoxy. The orthodoxy of that is that all of them are drinking from the same cup of Jesus, mm. but they would all call that a different inclusive language, semantics, if you will. Okay. So, so if um, one of the examples that Bradley Jerzak um, talks about is that um, Gandhi, Mahatma Gandhi, pure Hindu, read every single day the Beatitudes of Jesus, and he sought to live those out. Gandhi was a Jesus-following Hindu. Yep. So, what that would mean for me in orthodoxy is Mahatma Gandhi cannot be a Christian, but he can be a Christ follower. Hell yeah, dude. So you're like a universalist with a Christian flavor. So Flavor Flav. That is a whole other semantic (laughs) thing. Flavor Flav! Flavor Flav! Flavor Flav! Full circle! We fucking did it, bitches! We did it. We came You did it! God damn, believe us when we fucking So This conversation's um, devolving. (laughs) I think we're about done. So, without going into a whole other hour-long thing, um, patristic universalism is an Eastern Orthodox 
belief. The cool thing about Eastern Orthodoxy is that the creed is the only thing that matters. As long as you're within that, you can be a Christian. But everything outside of that is like, you can just kind of think what you want. Um, patristic Universalism, so Origen, um, Gregory of Nyssa. Um, Gregory of Nyssa is cool as shit. Gregory of Nyssa is dope. Um, <laughs> Rachel, put him to bed. I'm trying. <laughs> Look at this. So, um, I'm going to be awake for like five more hours. You can't <laughs> goddamn stop me. Collier and I are going to so, smoke. Let's do a four-hour podcast. <laughs> so patristic universalism, in a nutshell, is... Yeah. yeah. It's red sharpie. When Jesus says that everyone will be salted with fire. Yes. That means oh, yeah. that everyone, whether you're Christian, whether you're not, will go into the flames of, quote-unquote, hell. Yes. But we will all come out in our own time... As we are being perfected like Jesus, hmm. we will all come out in a beautiful, loving, um, one of the ways that um, Brian Zond, um, through Brad Jersek that I heard, he says, if you love love, it will yes. feel like heaven. If you hate love, it'll feel like hell. Huh. Okay, hold okay, on. I've heard of that, yeah. Hold mm-hmm. on, slow down for just, you. You've been saying like the phrase that like Jesus said this and Jesus yeah, said I want to hear a lot more from Hopefully Wandering. Tell us yeah. more, please. Okay, guys. no, you've Come been. Me. I mean, I'm gonna sound. I just feel like I'm gonna be a dick, and I'm so no, sorry. No, okay, no, so hope, no. Hopefully, wondering. Me and Elijah are pretty much of the agnostic atheist type Absolutely. of uh, yeah. viewpoint. You know, worldview, if you will, to use a Christian term. Yeah. Um. So that that's where we're coming from. Yeah, I'm just like putting that out there. Like we're coming from that baseline. Yeah. Hell I'm yeah, like, dude. I love it. I'm just. And I'm also, like I said, I am tipsy, probably drunk right now. And so, like, if you don't want to put this in the podcast, please feel free not to, as this conversation would have been much better, like, over coffee privately. But I'm going (laughs) to fucking do it now. I'm I'm about it. Let's go. You have acknowledged the errors in Scripture, the contradictions, the Mm -hmm. conclusions that we draw from Scripture, the fact that it's man-made, but then you also turn right back around and acknowledge that most of your ideas about Christ are founded in that fallible Scripture, and that like does not make any sense to me. Yeah. um, Do it. Fight. So Pete ends, (laughs) if you refer to him. Pete ends. Oh yeah, is that? Did he write how the Bible works? Yeah, find him on Twitter. I've tried to talk to to him, and he won't talk back to me. (laughs) Um, The Bible for Normal People is a podcast that I talk about a lot. Yes. Um, He has a beautiful quote that kind of... um, So Bradley Jerzak has a book called A More Christ-Like God, and then he has another book that's kind of... It kind of wraps up, and it's a more Christ-like word. And two quotes. One by, I think it's Brian Zond, who says, um, the word of God is infallible. Um, All of the other I words, inspirational, incarnational. Mm -hmm. And when he was 18, he grew a beard. Same. Uh, Christ (laughs) or Brian Zond? (laughs) <laughs> I'm serious. I don't actually know who you're referring no, to right I, now. I no, Brian Zod said this about the Word of God, the capital W, mm. Word of God. W, World Trade Center. Yeah, got it. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> and so along with that, a more Christ-like God, with that, um, Pete Inns, who writes the foreword for a more Christ-like word, yeah. he says... God was so good that God would let his children write the story. Hmm. I, that, that does not explain. Well, unpack that. <laughs> yeah. So unpacking that is in any of the moments, especially if you're following Jesus as your rabbi, which I would do. I like that. I think that's a really great way to look at it. Then. Anything that does not look like the interpretation that Jesus made, that is more telling of who humans are than it is telling who God is. Okay. So think about the genocides. Think about the Assyrian Mm. um, conflict. Think about 
all of those things that you might read in the New Testament or in the Old Testament that a lot of Christians would turn into anti-Semitism is less about their God being bad and more about the ancient people of that however many years the world had been existing, all they knew was violence, war, land ownership, all of these things that they needed to exist. They were focused on survival. And so for that to happen, they would say, okay, God told me to kill everyone in this village except for the virgins, and we're going to take them for our own. That says more about the people than it says about God. Huh. So, if you... And it's all about... It's not about a certain doctrine, and it's not about a certain type of very, like, minuscule definition of this is how we read this. It is more about the personal relationship of Jesus saying, I am your rabbi, you follow me. Anything that doesn't look like me probably isn't me. Okay. So those are the words that you're like attributing to like what Christ taught, right? Yes. Okay. So and... so correct me if I'm wrong, but does that mean that so you say the the conquering of lands and some of the kind of truly heinous stuff that happens in the Bible, are you saying that that is more man's interpretation of God and kind of like a like an origin myth, an origin story that isn't necessarily the character of God and is more um, a, a myth that man created, but yeah. then more what Jesus says is, is kind of the truth, it's I guess? It's such a huge like subject, not even yeah. theologically, but historically. Because historically... Um, there is, um, I can't remember what his name is, but the Bible for normal people, normal people talks about a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, there's the Deuteronomic, there is the priestly, there is the theologically, there's something else and the something else. There's like five different versions of, um, if you read the old Testament, so it, it, a lot of it has to do, and I can't go through all of it because I can't remember a whole lot of it. I'm also a little bit inebriated. <laughs> I um, understand. So, um, sorry. Just so you know, I just bought Rachel and me a pizza right now. <laughs> we have food. I nice. bought a pizza for us right now. Can I afford a pizza? And the answer no. is that that I cannot afford a pizza. You know, but we're I did all just drowning buy... in credit card debt right now. Let's I just don't have like fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. I have like Pretend negative thousands of dollars money right now, <laughs> and I'm not even that. like stupid with yes. it. I'm just like a person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've had so... some bourbon, and I'm trying to. <laughs> Enjoy my 25-year-old life. You know what I mean? You're 24. I'm sorry, guys. This will definitely be like a two-parter episode unless you just want to release like one super long Five episode. No, this is but... one giga episode. <laughs> okay. Giga. Okay, good. Um, so, <laughs> all of that to say, do not rely on me for these things. Listener, yeah. Yeah. Elijah, Collier, Tom, Rachel, look these things up because there are... So many different... It's so much more complicated than we were handed. And I think that's a big takeaway that we need to know. I like that. Um, I like that as a way to for, look at it. Yeah. It, it, it Because Old Testament, fine. We're not Marcionites. We don't want to get rid of the Old Testament. Blah, blah, blah. Why There's not? Actually, oh, man. I like why Marcin. not? Yeah. <laughs> because if you actually Thank read you. the prophets... Here's a, here's one um, thing that uh, Brad Jerzak kind of brings out. Um, when you were a kid and your mom said, hey, don't touch the stove. It's really hot. You don't want to touch the stove when it's hot. And then you touch it and it burns you. Was it your mom who burned you? Yeah. Or was it the stove? For sure. So think about it in the sense of when the prophets are talking about... God let us out of, or um, God is the one doing this. God is the, mm. 
bringer For of sure. all of this discipline, God is whatever. Or is it actually just the natural consequence of how stupid huh. you are? For sure. It was also the natural consequence yeah. of the Jew um, who was having alone. sex with the pagan <laughs> when Phineas came and stabbed them through the heart with a spear through I'm both I'm just going to acknowledge that you then, said that, Elijah, not either of us. I'm just going to make sure yes. that the reader knows this. Absolutely. That's okay. fine. I'm willing Listener. to like... No, no, I, it's in, it's in the Bible, though. It's in Judges. It is in the Bible. No, okay, so so we talked about one of, one of our episodes, though. Very, very short um, sidetrack here. Don't you all think that would be the best fucking orgasm of your life? What? If you Hell were yeah. having sex and fucking Phineas speared you both through the abdomen as you were having sex? I'm Did telling you, St. Teresa, no. she had it, man. She Bro, that would be a fucking it. orgasm. St. Teresa had ages. the best so orgasm of all time. Just God exonerates <laughs> Phineas for doing this right. We're ass. just chasing what St. Teresa had. And by she the way, I can right call her St. Teresa because I'm a Catholic, you pieces of shit. So listen. Big, big so uh, I don't know if you, all are, if you all are picking up what I'm putting down. I'm not. Yeah. So um, if you will. And you can ask me more questions. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it sober, though. All of that to say, yeah, dear listener, Elijah, Collier, yeah. Tom, Rachel, me. If our and this and this goes with the Jewish tradition of the Talmud, um, Midrash, all of those things, the 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 Pentateuch, and all of the Old Testament, all of the New Testament. I will say this is not enough. I love that. We actually need people who are smarter than us, yep. who know the historicity, yep. who know the archaeology, who know all of those mm. things, to actually explain some of these things to us, because then it actually makes a lot of sense. Because then we know, maybe the Exodus story didn't actually happen the way that it's explained in the Old Testament. Good. Oh, Maybe the story, like, of Job, Job might have not actually existed. Dermatologists hate him. What? Um, (laughs) Maybe Job did exist, Mm. but maybe that's just a fable. Yeah. Kind of like what we say with George Washington didn't cut down the cherry tree, or Abraham Lincoln didn't cut down the cherry tree. I can't remember. It was was George. But um, maybe... Like, the way that we're told history through America, like, in 16-whatever-two, Christopher Columbus sailed the big old mm-hmm. blue. Native American. 1492. And then 100, year later, 100 years later, here's this. And then 100 years later, yeah. here's that. What if that's actually how the Old Testament is told? Yeah, wow. yeah. And so, or the New Testament, or oh, whoever. Yeah. What if we read it, rather than reading it as a play-by-play, the news camera is on everything, what if we actually read it as a people group trying to establish themselves as a people Mm. group, particularly Mm. in the ancient times, they had to remind themselves. One of the worst sins you could commit in the Old Testament was forgetfulness. Hmm. you had to remember what God did. You had to completely remind yourself of all of these things. And so, even if those things might have been a little bit fable, they might have been a little bit true. Okay, so real quick, Jacob. Sorry. Who the fuck? Okay, real quick. No, no, no. Okay, I have a thing to say. Sorry, I've had some bourbon. Okay, real quick. So there's a guy named Jacob Geller. Have have you heard of Jacob Geller? No. I've heard of Paris Geller. Okay, so so Jacob Geller is... um, (laughs) But Jacob Geller is a rather excellent YouTube, um, like, journalist, uh, like, uh, essayist kind of guy. But he makes really great stuff about Jewish culture and growing up Jewish and what that meant to him. And the kind of stuff that you're saying of talking about like the Jewish people kind of like establishing their culture. And, you know, um, they themselves in America were the ones who, de- who like declared themselves 
as Jews a race? Because they were like, hey, we want to be different than these European people. We have a different culture and we want to acknowledge it. They're like, you know what? We are the Jewish race. And then that thing that they declared as solidarity was used against them by the Nazis. Do you want to know what the it's word fucking insane. actually means? What? It means set apart. Yeah. A fucking, yes. And like, in that, that sense of like, they are different from us. They are set, set separately from us was something that was used by like racists to yeah. absolutely fuck with these people. Mm, but I would recommend yeah. to all of y'all and also to anyone listening, look up Jacob Geller's talk about, um, uh, specifically, uh, the Jewish superhero or the, um, what was it? God, what are they called? The um, the golem. Yeah, the golem or the Jewish superhero. That's what it's called. It's, it's, it's an absolutely, it's an absolutely awesome um, video essay. That's all about uh, how the, the concept of the golem, the, uh, the man made from dirt and like made a human by Yahweh as this concept of the superhero in Jewish mythology and which ended up being even more, more absolutely crazy by, um, later Jewish authors. Absolutely. Look that up. Uh, that was something recently that gave me kind of, I'm going to be honest. It's a small window, but it's a window into the Jewish experience. Something that I could never imagine in and of myself, but like seeing, When people talk about that as their heritage, it's meaningful and it's useful. And it's something that, especially we as as deconstructed Christians, as deconstructed ex-Christian people, as ex-evangelicals, whatever you want to say, we can't forget the Jewish experience because Mm. without the Jewish experience, there would be no Christianity. We wouldn't be here without all of the Jewish people who paved the way for us to even have these conversations. Yeah, you know, dude, that, that's what I've been trying to think of recently as well is the Jewish faith and how it, it seems like, you know, Jesus doesn't really fit the messianic qualifications of the Jewish faith. And, and you know, maybe that's a whole nother podcast, a whole that, that's a whole Man, conversation that can go a long way. But Christian supremacists, if you if you want to read into that, the misunderstood Jew by Dr. Amy Jill Levine. Yeah. Because she talks about, like, um, there's a lot of Christians who would say, like, oh, the Jewish people. I was one of these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Jewish people, they um, just wanted, like, this king to come down with a big sword mm. and smite everyone and yeah. violence and blah, blah, blah. And Jesus came as this meek and humble and blah, blah, blah. And she was like. That's not actually what Jesus. No, that that's the thing. No, no I, I've like I've, I've listened to some interviews from some rabbis and stuff talking about the book of Matthew, and yeah. Matthew kind of twists a lot of Jewish scripture to mean what the Jewish scripture does not mean to fit the prophecy into Jesus. And like I, I mean, for example, um, Matthew uh, Jesus riding in on like two separate donkeys. That's just Matthew being illiterate in Hebrew and speaking Aramaic and thinking a prophecy means that he Can't has just to ride like it a on guy two love more than, more than one donkey. God, yeah, he well, like, not so unwilling Matthew to represent thought, him as Ma- he Matthew was. misinterpreted not the Jewish ass, scriptures, but two asses, and he tried to make Jesus fill this prophecy <laughs> that he misinterpreted. But so he had Jesus like straddling Jeez. two separate donkeys to somehow so, fulfill this like prophecy that he there. twisted. We've That's something that. I I love that I think really kind of encapsulates what honestly Jesus was doing as well Mm -hmm. as Peter, Paul, all of them. They all had their own cultural mindsets like Peter, Paul, Jesus, all of them. They were second temple Jews. They believed in the book of Enoch, which we don't even have in our canon. Uh, uh, the Catholics at least represent it slightly, even. Well, Tom, you can fuck off with your Catholic shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry, um, but the Catholics are more based than your Orthodox shit or whatever the but, hell y'all are talking what about. I was gonna, what I was going to say is Matthew Vines, um, who wrote The God and the Gay Christian, 
he, I think it was him, came up with kind of the 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 version of um, shit. What's the word? Um, not evolving faith, but um, going forward. Uh, fuck, I can't remember it. Anyway, what the definition is is that we are moving towards it's always evolving it's always changing but it's never losing its original meaning hmm which is that god does not change but people do i like and that people's recollection of god people's view of god change but god has never changed God has always been good and right and loving and joyful and peaceful and all of these things. People just need their boxes to fit God in mm. so that they know. And, and, you know, I used to believe, and this is a semantics thing. I used to believe that the laws of the Old Testament were just man's version of how to stay close to God. And one of the things that me and Tom have kind of talked about is that religion is just theatrics. And so when we think of these theatrics and we think of laws and we think of, you know, Paul even says that the law was supposed to show us our sin and then Jesus was to show us that there's forgiveness for all this crap. Yeah. What it really actually means is exactly what Jesus said when he said that all of the law and the prophets are wrapped up in these two things. Love the Lord your God with all that makes you human. Love. Or mm -hmm. um, heart, soul, mind, and strength. All yeah. of the four things that make you human. Yeah. And then love others as a human love Ooh, others i really like that your heart soul mind and strength hmm. that's one thing that 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 god personally told me as i was kind of looking at that is that when he says love god as yours or love others as yourself that's not saying that you love yourself and the way that you love yourself is how you love others it's mm -hmm. love others as a human Ooh, oh, that's good. Yeah. I really like that way of looking at it. That's really cool. So you love God the same way that you love others. Yeah. If you don't love others, you're not loving God. True. Interesting. Yeah. So if, if we're wrapping all of the questions... As a pantheist, kind of I would say that at. God is in fact everything. And by loving others, you are directly loving God. And by denying that, that is a denying of the gospel. Bro, fucking, fucking Boyce taught me that like Christianity was like basically platonic dualism. <laughs> Incorrect. We talk about platonic. Oh my God, Non-dualism. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Like that's a whole they taught that Christianity was dualism and that like it was like two separate things. That is because so Baptist wrong. theology has to demonize the flesh so bad. We have like, to the demonize every, have everything that makes us like remotely God. human must be inherently wrong, even though God made us exactly this way. <laughs> it's so, so absurd. It, it's it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Line. Yeah, it Listen. makes no sense at all. Elijah, Collier, Tom, I'm going to say it. You all still think of Paul as a Calvinist. <laughs> I hate that you're Paul, right, but you are in fact yeah. correct. Paul is actually Bro, it's so fucking Romans. <laughs> no, you need but to convince Romans, me that Paul is dope. I need you to but, personally convince me of that. I need to convince you. Romans is actually about the difference between... And this is a Pete Inns thing. I'm actually going to... If you can convince me that Paul is based, I am I swear to God, I'm, I'm going to poop so hard. You're going to do that Paul anyway. is actually less Gnostic than you would think. Oh. 
If you read Philippians, which is the last book that he wrote before he died, supposedly. Supposedly. If you, supposedly. This is, a, this is a Brian Hole thing. If you get rid of all of your preconceived notions about it, if you read it, you see a man who is actually fucking scared of dying. Interesting. Mm, I've never felt so that. so scared. I, I always kind of see him as like a gay man who's really terrified of death. <laughs> I honestly, I yeah. think I talked about this a couple of podcasts ago when you were talking about it. I don't think Paul was gay. I think interesting. He was I ace. Think, I think that he was so and I told this to one of the pastors of the old church, not the CBC church or the SBC church, but a Christian church that I was working at. I said once a Pharisee always a Pharisee. Um Paul was so caught up in his Phariseeness that he either had to be an extreme against it, like in Galatians, or he had to be just a little bit both of them, like in Romans. Yeah. Interesting. He, and even Paul says, I am all things to all people. Romans was written for a bunch of Romans. Yeah. Thessalonians was written for Thessalonica. Colossians was written written for Colossae, like... Paul was never actually the same guy. He even said, I am bold in letter, but weak in deed. When he was actually with them, he was a little bitch. But when he was <laughs> writing to them, he was like a podcaster and he could fuck shit up. Yeah. Like he, when we read it as a literalist way, sure, we can get Paul to be an asshole. Paul was actually kind of a revolutionary. If you look at a lot of the things he said, they're so fucking good. Like, there's so much good in Paul. And for the time, too. That's one thing I've said before, too. Like, (laughs) with Paul, people always talk about, when you talk about how, like, misogynist or sexist the Bible is, people always, evangelicals will always say, Oh no, like Paul was so like revolutionary in the way he talked about women for his time. Paul might like, not have even written Second Timothy. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, he probably didn't. That's like one of the most Based. disputed Second books. Timothy might have been written a hundred years. Yeah. After so Paul, Paul wrote, wrote like what, six of the books that they like attribute to him or or, or less. Romans um, but might not the, have the been thing written is, by him. Hebrews might not have been written by yeah. him. Yeah. Thess- Thessalonians might not have been written by him. Uh, Titus. Uh, but so, so even even given all that, so say say Paul was the author of those. Evangelicals will always say, as a response to that Paul was sexist remark, they'll always say, "Oh, Paul was actually liberational for his time. He was actually the way he was talking about women for his time." was like a liberation, was a very liberal, progressive theology. It was like Actually elevating women. As hell. But it's funny but, because... But, but, but so here's the thing. They don't... But evangelicals don't want to elevate women in their own time. No, so I'm like, no, okay, no. so do you think that we have to stick to 2,000-year-old standards? No. Or should and we I, take the lesson from Paul and let's be progressive in our own time? I think that one of the best things that the New Testament can provide us with is when Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Yeah. That is the most deconstructive phrase. Yeah. That you can find. And with that, um, Paul does it, Peter does it, um, John does it, or the Apostle John. um, James does it. James the brother of Jesus. James the lesser. James... All the fucking Jameses. All of them. Anyone who had a hand in writing the New Testament, they knew that the progressive lens of reading Scripture, especially with that Second Timothy, is it First Timothy? Second Timothy. Um, Come back. The Scriptures are used as rebuke, reform, all those things. 
they were not talking about the New Testament. They were talking about the prophets. They yeah. were talking about the Pentateuch. They were talking about all of the Jewish lens. They were talking about the Apocrypha. Hell yeah, dude. Because they were Second Temple Judy, they yeah. were Second Temple Jews. They believed Enoch. They believed the Maccabees. They believed all of those things. And so when we read that and we say the scripture is good for reform and for rebuke and for teaching and for whatever, they weren't actually talking about the New Testament. And so when... Real quick. Anyways... Um, the rapture, all that shit, complete bullshit. <laughs> Roll the metal. You're just gonna cut him off. Bullshit. Like Tom just wants to go to bed. No, no, no. <laughs> I have a pizza on its way. <laughs> and pizza? I got, I gotta pick up the pizza. I'm Hang completely up, serious. I, I have a Papa John's pizza, but the pizza coming I'm not right now. To you. I'm can talking I talk to, to Elijah you? and Collier and Rachel. I'm not talking to you. Anyways, I'm going to pick up the pizza. Rachel, if you find a better place to roll said metal, do so. Why do you have to and then hit up? this button that says set right here so I can know where to put the metal when I edit this episode. Should I stop I'm going to go pick Tom? up the metal. Rachel, this is all on you now. Congratulations. Tom, are you leaving? I love you. Are you I'll leaving, come back. Tom? I just got to pick up the fucking Why pizza. Fuck, Tom. Fuck. I'm going to pick up the pizza. Call Rachel, this is all you have. Elijah, Collier, Rachel. Me. This I is such a long episode, that dude. I have been talking about makes sense. No, no, it's good. Um, so Derek, I don't think it makes sense. So Derek, okay. I was going to ask you to um, yeah. earlier. So you were talking about Jesus and stuff. You are talking about people, you qualifying people as Christ followers. Mm-hmm. As you say that, so does that mean that it doesn't necessarily matter if the Jesus story as recorded Dumbass. in the Gospels is historically true. I got the pizza! <laughs> historically. But like, like so, so does it matter then? Like if, if, oh. if what, takes it, what it takes to be a Christ follower is like those qualities and those... Um, th- those core doctrines of peace on earth, of like bringing mm-hmm. good to mankind... Um, so does, Anyways, does it, I got the matter? pizza. Sorry about that. <laughs> I didn't think does, that would be so easy. I got the pizza. D- does it then make a difference if Christ was actually like lived and died a perfect life and was crucified? Or Ew. is it kind of the same if you think it's more of a metaphor or if it didn't actually happen? It, it, is it a difference then? For me, if you want to be an Orthodox Christian, and this is all about labels, it's not about anything else but labels. For me, I believe that the Gospels, historically, happen the way that they are written. Which one, though? Because That's they do the contradict difference. each other. Exactly. Um, I believe that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have their own Lovers. perspectives of what happened. But that doesn't mean that their perspectives were wrong. I believe that it exactly what Peden says. God is so good that he lets his children tell the story. And mm. that even includes the incarnate God. And so that that is where faith comes the in. The guy's name was Thomas. I yeah. don't think as far as with it and and I mean it it really is the semantics of orthodoxy and orthopraxy. I believe that you can be a Christ follower and not believe the creeds at all. Okay. I believe that if you seek peace, if you seek liberation, if you seek love, if you seek all of the good things that come with the reading of the gospel of Jesus non-violence all of those things i'm a pacifist and that doesn't coax well with a lot of christianity but um with especially eastern orthodoxy the view that god is good and that only means good that jesus is the incarnate good of god and that the old testament 
is not a separate God, but it is God told through the story of his people and not God dictating the hands of the words. Mm, yeah. That it actually makes sense. But that if that doesn't work for you, that if you live a life that says that liberation is good, that love is good, that non-abuse, like abuse, anti-abuse is good, anti-oppression is good, that you're actually following God and that that's good enough. It's just crazy because I wish that God believed in orthopraxy too, in the sense <laughs> I that, think, and, and, and that's a, if <laughs> the only way that that doesn't work is if you believe that God is that bearded old man that's only concerned with himself. But he is though. But that is that God talking about himself, or is that? man talking about god well it's just the evidence of god's lack of actions for all the kids who've died in school shootings this year Mm -hmm. all of the sexual abuse that's taken place all of the government influenced violence of an omnipotent god who lets orthopraxy stand in the way of doing what's right even though he holds all power and i wonder too with that and i think I mean, me and Tom talked about that a couple of a podcasts. We talk about that all the time, dude. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. The problem of evil, um, the, the discussion of yeah, if God divine exists, hidden- what do we do with this shitty world we live in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We divine hiddenness the and the problem of suffering and evil. That's, that's a tough one. Yeah. And it's like, that. that's one of the things of if God knows no partiality, which James says then if God knows no partiality between the people that actually try to do good, then it means that he knows partiality. He does not know partiality with people who mean evil. And that, I know, is bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's one of the things that I have wrestled with the most. Like, I had a miscarriage. Me and my wife had a miscarriage, Mm, our first Damn. Was a miscarriage. I didn't and know I refuse to believe that God killed that baby so that I could learn something from him. Mm, yeah, yeah. I instead believe that, and I don't even know if I believe this, God is with us and that Jesus is the incarnation of that God. Whatever else lies outside of that is something that I will never understand. And that is the faith that Paul and Peter and all of them talk about. And they're talking about like, fuck, like Jeremiah, um, God's ways are higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's not actually what that verse means. Yeah. Um, not that God controls things and is a puppet master and Eddie in Stranger Things is playing master of puppets. Eddie. And that talks about God <laughs> and like blah, blah, blah. We love Eddie. We love Eddie. Um, rip. Love him. Rip Eddie. I think. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, but what that actually means is that God is more concerned with who we are in the midst of suffering than what is actually happening to us. That's a faith Mm. thing. And I know that that doesn't work for everyone. It works for me. Yeah. But it only works for me on certain days. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) And I think that's okay. And Rachel Hilda Evans, I don't know if y'all know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. I know Um, her. She passed away unfortunately, um, a couple of years ago. She wrote a book, a beautiful book called Searching for Sundays, um, and just talked about, like, some days I believe that God is who he says he is or who she says he is, who they, they, they say they are. But some days I don't. 
Hmm. God is okay with that. Because if God incarnate as Jesus is okay with Thomas saying, fucking put your hands, put your fingers through the holes that are in my hands, that are in my wrists, that that Mm -hmm. God is okay with me saying, I don't fucking get it. I don't get why you killed my first baby. I don't care if you were the one who did kill my first baby. If you didn't, great. That's awesome. You're a good God. But if you did, fuck you. (laughs) But I still might like under, I might understand later on. That's the faith. That's the part of all of this, which sucks. And I get that it sucks. And I hate that it sucks, but like even Jesus, the incarnate God, the actual incarnate God of the universe on this earth said, if this cup can pass from me, please take it, then I'm fine. That's the rabbi I want to follow because that's the rabbi that's honest. And I can say, fuck you, God. I hate that you took my first kid. But I can also say, thank you, God, you gave me my second hmm. So, I mean, and, and that's all faith. And that's all, like, I hate that faith is the unseen and it's the non-scientific part of it. But it also is the scientific part of it. And it, it doesn't make sense, but it also makes sense. I mean, it's, that's the beauty is you don't have to yeah. prove it if it's faith. You don't have to yeah. say that these are the reasons. It, it, it is a leap. Like, they call it a leap of yeah. faith, and it, it is I, a leap. So. That, that, it, the beautiful thing is that if I grew up in India, if I, was an, if, 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 if I was not a white American person and I grew up in India and I said that Hinduism is the way, then I think Jesus would look at me and say, all right, if you practice peace and love, that's me. Based. Based. It's based. Yeah. I wouldn't it's not say found the in the Gospels, thing. but it's a nice thought. Well, that, that's the thing is, I think that the the anthropomorphized, very specific, in a box, Jesus and God that is found in evangelicalism, mm-hmm. um, kind of takes away from that, that beauty that you're talking about, Derek. Because interesting, because I understand about, him the most, but I believe it in talks him the about least. a white big man with a big beard. This basically Santa that is honestly kind of fucking weak. So the God they he's, believe he's in, petty. Yeah, the, the God petty. they believe in is very petty. He, he like he is he is totally dependent on human will, and he can't That's... do anything of himself. Yet he is somehow omnipotent. So it's like that that specific personified anthropomorphized God, you know, and that's the thing that I think that Elijah and I have said like can't exist. I don't like we are completely atheists when it comes to that God. But as far as a God, you know, that's where we're more agnostic, both of us. I I think if I could speak for you, Elijah, I think we're both more agnostic in that sense of like, you know, a God that's not personified as a big man with a beard that's petty and that is boxed in by so many constraints of theology. um, That can be a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's not something that we can ever put our finger on. And that's what I would call the incarnation of Jesus. Mm, okay. Because even even the gospels say that that Jesus marvels at people's faith. If he marvels at people's faith, he couldn't have known it. Huh? Yeah. He looked at the woman who who grabbed his garment and said, "If I could just touch the hem of your cloak, I could be healed." And it says that Jesus marveled at her faith. Yeah. He was surprised. And he was surprised. Interesting. Like, and 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 that's all throughout the Gospels, and I think that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is just Jesus is the most human God, out of Hercules, out of Poseidon, out of Zeus, out of because because all of and I think that it only works. Because, like, the Greek and the Roman stuff was kind of enveloped into Christianity. Um, 
so it's kind of like the perfect dichotomy but like zeus is a god who wants to be human (laughs) jesus is a human who wants to be god Hmm. jesus and this is saint athanasius one of the best saint athanasius we you know we love him jesus became god so that god or jesus became human so that human could become god I think that's the, the most beautiful. That's an amen the right there. That's the incarnation in its yep. own. Just the concept of what it is. Like, that's the beauty of the the incarnation right there. Mm-hmm. That Jesus would willingly take everything that it is to be human to the depths of human like separation. Because only humans want to be separate from God. God doesn't want to be separate from God. Jesus would pick, would choose to be separate. Only so that the people who are separate could be included. And so I think I think that's the most beautiful part of it. And And that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of unknowing that's a lot of non-scientific stuff which really works if you look at not being literalist about shit um (laughs) but if you look at jesus and you look at what he actually said and you look at the only thing that he cared about was whether or not people were treating people right you only go to hell if you're not treating the poor correctly yeah, yeah. Um, that 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 in and of itself, he was fully God and human and fully man, but only in the way that we are fully God and fully man. Oh yeah, that might be heretical for a lot of people, <laughs> but I think that's I think that, solid theology right there, my guy. That's that, good. That's, that's the complete incarnation. So I I think that's where I'm at. To answer your question in an hour long form, <laughs> um, you, you I, answered the question thoroughly. thoroughly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a little too thorough, but I think Jesus a thorough is less, guy. Jesus is less thorough than I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hear me take a piss, by the oh, way. Oh shit! Wait, see, I dude, I think it might be time for us to head out. If it's time for us to hear Derek take.